<laughs> so this is going to be an interesting episode, I think. So uh, we are we're all sitting together for once. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be good. Definitely a different atmosphere. We're never in the same room when we record normally. So just for our listeners, we're sitting in the nation's capital, Ottawa, all around one table, uh, recording live live for us all, all together. So this is a first. I I I comment like right into us and let us know if you're from Ottawa because I mean like it's just it's interesting to know where everyone's from. Well, we know we have that one listener. We got a review on iTunes uh, a couple of weeks ago. Justine, she yeah. gave us a really nice review, and uh, uh, she's from Ottawa. So shout out to her. Hopefully, she's having a fun winter winter loot as well. Yeah, yeah, we enjoyed a winter loot today, which was kind of nice. You know, I'm a big fan of reading um, consumption of books, but I go in bits and spurts. You know, I go in these grooves where I'm just uh, reading almost obsessively. And then I hit periods where I, I, I just can't get motivated. I don't, if you guys, I mean, you guys recently graduated from school, so you, you probably had more books, more reading assigned, assigned to you than you, you've wanted. And I think that's the thing because when you're in school, you have to read so you can pass your, do your assignments, write your exams. So I think you're forced to read so much that I found I actually haven't started reading since I finished school. So maybe when you're done, you, you've had so much reading forced upon you, you just, you want to break from but it. it's, it's a different type of reading I think because that's like you have to read and it's stuff you you might not want to read about so then you like the other reading like I, I kind of I haven't got I, I look forward to reading more because it's stuff I w- I'm going to choose to read in it like whether it's fiction nonfiction it's stuff I I want to read and information I'm interested in, in learning about like so, so as an adult I, I I talk to people I work with you know what are you reading and they look at me like I'm from outer space like they they don't read like they just you know, where do you find time to read is what I get from a lot of adults. Like, so what do you, do you, do you actually see your friends reading? Uh, I have one friend who does read, but yeah, I know the rest. I, I don't so, see them. So what does he read? He reads a lot of like nonfiction, like just short books and stuff. He picks yeah. one up at like a used bookstore and he'll read it. And and then I have one friend, she's in her master's right now, but she still time finds time to. Just outside to, of her assigned reading. She yeah. She, to read. yeah she, and she, re- she reads a lot. So that's dedication. Like I, I know in school, I, I, like I, I, I didn't, I studied engineering, so I didn't have to read that many books, but like I was still, I didn't want to read on my own time. Like I was, I was drained enough. I don't know how you'd want to, as your extra time read, like I'm looking to watch Netflix cause it's, it's just a break. And I think that's the thing. You finish work, you come home from work and you don't have the energy to keep going. But here's the thing about reading. So if you had a really stressful day at work, you're really busy and you come home and a lot of people say they want to just sit in, in bed and watch TV and just to relieve stress but your mind is still going to be you know running through all the things that happened at work and all the problems that still need to be sorted out but if you read it actually occupies more of your mind so that's actually going to pull the stress away what you're looking for when you're stressed out from work is a distraction and reading is the ultimate distraction but i think like because it requires more concentration. I think people, it, the, the getting started, and, and I think it's, that's the, it's key, the same thing with started. exercise. It's so hard to get started, but once you do it, you feel so great. And yeah. yeah, No, that's the key is it, it's a lot of effort to start that reading. It seems like, you know... You, it, but, but not even start a book, even pick up a book to start reading where you left off. That's work. Yeah. Well, they, they, so on this episode, I hope to uncover how to choose a book and how to how to make reading convenient instead of... Insustainable. Insustainable. But, but you know, a lot of people, they'll just start stacking books on their nightstand beside their bed and think that's going to make me read. 
But actually, the bigger that pile gets for me, the more it just reminds me of how I'm not reading enough because that pile gets getting bigger and bigger. So I think that's counterproductive. Or you start looking at it. It's just, it's just uh, another object on your, your nightstand that you just start putting stuff around. You start putting your phone around in. and you're like, where's my phone? Oh, it's around uh, mountain books. And Well, they make, they make decorative books. Like like coffee bo- table books. Coffee table books. Like you can buy you know, books that, that you never actually read. That don't, or maybe don't even in pages just because yeah, they're yeah. that much of a decoration piece. But I think adult reading... Is if you think of this as an adult, if you were to read and your kids see you read, that's going to normalize reading for them and motivate them to read because the kids a lot of times emulate their parents. So I think reading could benefit your whole family just by you doing it. And it seems like it's a very selfish thing to do to sit down and read and ignore your family. But just the act of you reading is actually inspiring people around you to read. I know when my wife reads, I feel like... I should be reading too. Well, I remember as a kid, uh, my whole family, we'd go to the public library and it was kind of like an event. Like uh, we, we all got in the, the van, we we drove down to the library and we'd, we'd kind of all go in our separate ways. Once we got in the library, we'd pick out different books and, and then like we'd all come back with like an armful of books, check them out. And it was kind of exciting. We all had like this new book that we were all going to read and stuff. And It's like going shopping, but you don't have to spend yeah, money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, I actually, you know what I love is I love going... There's two places, and this is like polar opposites. So I love going into bookstores, and you know that smell of a new book? Well, the whole store smells of new books, and I love that smell. And then if you've ever went to a used bookstore, and you know older books, maybe they have, I'm not going to say musty, because that's, that's a bit strong of a word, but just, you know the smell of old books? Do you used, know what I, mean? I know exactly what you mean. So it's, it's a whole nother smell. When you walk into a whole used bookstore, it's, it's another it's still, smell. I love that smell. Yeah, yeah. So bookstores... And and whenever I smell that, I'm just inspired. You know, I, I love books. But in saying that, I have an e-reader and I love using my e-reader. And I think that's something that I want to talk about on this episode because I know people do have aversions to something that's not tangible. Well, here's one of the, I'll give you a knock on an e-reader that kind of bugs me and it's trivial, is once you start a book on an e-reader, you never see the cover of that book again. Yeah, there is something nice about that. Those the cover, like the, the, so much effort in in and thought is put into the cover of a book. And if you have an e-reader, you'll only ever see that cover once. I always like those um those really old covers. You know, like 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 they'll take books in like the the jacket to the book. And sometimes when you take the jacket off, it's a, a underneath that, is an old. I, I love that look. Book. Like if I yeah. had just a, like a bookshelf full of those, I would look so nice and like yeah. yeah. So uh, I like. So I guess if we talk about, you know, what, why should, so I think this episode should be about why should adults read books? You know, why is it so important? Because I think, I, I think when we're, when we're children, we, that's something you grew up in elementary school. And actually that's something I want to talk to you guys about too, is that I don't know about you, Mike, but I read more before I went to university. I read more and, and I, so I'm just wondering- agree. What what kind of change that? Because when you're when your school's expected of you, elementary school's expected of you, kind of learn to read, and then high school you're reading books there too. And I'm just wondering, I mean, Trevor, what about you? You haven't been in school for a while, and what, what like what kind of? <laughs> so, so I so I actually have read more books. I I read more f- with more frequency since I've left school than than when I was. In. I read. I kind of. I hated that reading was imposed on me. 
in yeah. school. But the the beauty of of when you're in school is somebody curates these are all the books you need to get smart about this subject. So you don't the, the legwork's been done for you. You don't have to wonder is this book going to help me achieve my goals. Somebody's done that. And that's actually the hardest part of reading is is sel- book selection. And um and and me and my boyfriend were actually talking about this the other day, but in in school you're actually forced to pick up books that you might not have actually picked up in the first like books that maybe don't interest you or books you find controversial but it expands your knowledge base when that is forced upon you yeah reading a book with a a a view that's not yours is actually super beneficial because it gives you a deeper insight into another perspective that you wouldn't otherwise have and so i just i I don't know where i'm gonna fit this in but i want to say there's a genre of books that gets a real bad rap. They're called self-help books. And I like to rename them, in some places I've already done this, self-improvement books. Because self-help suggests that you are in need of help. And most people are just trying to improve themselves. And these are like behavioral books. Uh, personal finance books really fall under the category of, of self-improvement. And the book is self-improvement books. So, so many people get caught up in the... Um, the destination or the, you know, the goal or the, the place they'd like to be. And they get, when they can't get there, they get discouraged. But if you read a self-improvement book, those books, it's all about the process of getting from where you are to where you want to be. And by reading the book, it, it just trains you to think process instead of the end result all the time. Are you saying, so like, why, why do you say self-help books get a bad rap? Like, well, just the, the, you know, it suggests that you're in need of help. So it, even if you go into chapters, that's pretty much Canada's most popular bookstores. They have a self-help section. And whenever I go in it, I kind of, I, I look around to see if there's anybody I know before I sort of walk oh, in there. Yeah, right? saying, you know, yeah, I, yeah. am I in need of help or yeah. I'm just trying to improve myself? Okay, I see what you're saying. So like it, it inc- if, if they're improvement books, you're people, like it's almost like, hey, look, this person wants to become yeah. a better person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but you know, clearly that person's in need of help, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. So what do you think of the idea of reading fiction? Is, I'm, a, is, I'm a big fan of it. Is that what is that going to benefit? Like, how does that benefit well, an adult? I'm picturing, like, so we watch Netflix all the time. And it's it's a bunch of, it's usually fiction. It's, it's stuff that's not true. And and we do it because it's something that's exciting. It's, it's a story that's it, not our it life. It entertains us. It entertains us. And to me, I love reading fiction because it is, it's just a whole new story. Like, I read these action ones. And uh, I, like, I've read this Jack Reacher series. And I love reading them because it's this guy who just goes out from town to town just on these wild adventures. And, like, it's, it's exciting. Do you know one of the things I get out of fiction books that, that I didn't realize? So I read an article about why you should read fiction. Uh, on the internet and it said fiction stories tend to exaggerate good and bad behavior in society and it it really helps you maybe understand you know how to observe or recognize a a bad situation like I think there's more value in fiction more real life value takeaways than people give fiction credit for well, yeah, just like we we kind of lead our lives by by looking to others as examples of how of that maybe inspire us to to live that life. So I think reading fiction books can help because you can't make like you, like you've said on the podcast here, you can't afford to make all the mistakes yourself. So you can't af- you, you can't live all the lives that you could possibly live. So maybe you can get to live through other people's lives. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, you kind of feel like you went through that adventure. And the other thing I think with fiction is that. Um, 
like uh, when if I watch like a couple hours of Netflix, I feel like I've, I've wasted a bit of time in my day. Yeah, Whereas, like, definitely. If, I, if I've read a couple hours of a book, I don't feel like I wasted time. Like I, I don't feel like, like I feel like it was valuable time I used. Even if it is like, even it's a very it kind of a fiction book that's maybe has a, a not a very like, deep thoughtful story even it's just kind of a service level i know i don't want to i i absolutely love kind of i i don't want to stereotype but girly kind of books that with like very it's almost like a romantic comedy or romantic movie but in book form and i really there's there's there there's value to them in that they are entertaining and fun i'm to always read. amazed sometimes when i'm reading a, a non-fiction book and i i want to like i'm i'm just like a um uh like a movie i'm always like i'm on the edge of my seat i'm literally like what's gonna happen on this next page and like you're you're literally like like i sometimes like sometimes i can't sit still like i'm literally what's gonna happen on that next page like you can't read it back yeah, yeah yeah like and and you like like i remember i was like one night i was reading a book and i was part way through a chapter and i was thinking about oh i should go to bed it's like whatever time it was and i was like no i can't i need to know what's gonna happen here like i won't be able to sleep like it's amazing how captivating words can pull you into like a yeah definitely you know you were talking about um uh you know romantic books or what would you what's what's the category you give that i i'd say from can you call romantic comedies let's call it a genre let's go for it (laughs) yeah so i used to not connect with with books written by female authors be it fiction or nonfiction. i just felt i couldn't and it turns out it was a psychological thing i I was doing I, i I'd had a bad experience with it, reading a fiction book by a female author and said, okay, that's what it was. And I, I, I've overcome that. But, you know, if you pigeonhole yourself into I only read male authors, you really limit the number of books that are available to you. Are you talking because of kind of the relatability? Yeah, just, you know, as a female authors, I'm going to say, I was stereotype, they tend to write more about relationships and feeling, less about, you know, car chases and, and action. But... Um, I used to think that, and it's not true. I, I've got over that, but yeah, because I mean, look at Nicholas Sparks, a male male writer, but writes. I mean, he's written the Notebook. He's written the yeah. Best of Me. A lot of these classic, iconic romantic comedy that have been turned into romantic comedy movies. Yeah. So, what are some of your maybe? So, we we'll stay with fiction. What are some of your favorite authors? I I've really liked reading the the Lee Child books. Uh, like the the Jack, he he's formed a character uh, called Jack Reacher, an ex military uh, police officer. And he, he basically, he left the military and now he just kind of goes from city to city and he seems to always run into trouble and he, he along the way, deals with it and, uh, and he ends up meeting some people. And I'm a fan too. I, I've read every single book in that series. Uh, so I, mine, I, I've like John Grisham. He's a fairly popular author. John Sanford is another one. Harlan Coben. You know, I have my, I call them my, my old friends. You know? <laughs> my favorite is uh, Sarah Dessen. Um, I have, it, it, she's, a, but it's actually, a, they're like a teen, like a teen, like era book. But I, I, so I read them when I was teens, but I kind of go back. Actually, every Christmas, I read this one book that I literally, I definitely got in high school, but I read it every single Christmas. It's about this like Christmas. I think it's still have it on my bookshelf. But so I, I think it's very comforting and there's something kind of familiar. The characters become familiar and, and, and relatable. Um, so before we get any farther, I do, I realize we haven't done an intro yet. So let's, uh, let's jump into an intro here. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host and I'm joined today live and in person with Trevor. How's it going? And Michael. Hey. So 
I there's a couple articles I kind of want to get into um, to really lead it off. Um, actually, Trevor found a couple of these two awesome articles well, in the show notes, of course. Um, so the first one is it's it's called Why We Read as Adults, and this is again like that's what like Trevor said what this show is about. So it's from Human, K U M O N, and and so so they kind of have a list here of of num- benefits to to reading and 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 why why adults should kind of read. So the first one here is reading can relieve stress, and this is so true. Reading requires occupies so much of your mind and particularly your imagination that if you get into a good story it's it's almost impossible to keep thinking about a stressful day you might have had it's literally if you get engrossed in reading you become you you become oblivious to your surroundings forget what happened in, earlier in the day so I, I this one is a game changer for me is it, it makes your stress just disappear and it actually says in this article that um during testing reading they did a test and reading reduced stress levels by 60 percent beating listening to music having a cup of tea or coffee or taking a walk which surprises me because i know when i feel stressed listening to music can kind of take you different to a different space and same with taking a walk so that's powerful you know listening to music does help uh the older i get and the older the music I listen to, it kind of r- makes me think of simpler times. So I think maybe for a younger person, uh, the, you know, the music can only take you so far back. The other thing I find sometimes with like audio in your ears is is after a while, it can get to the point where it sounds like it's like people still talking to you. And like if say at the end of a day, you're, you're tired of dealing with a whole bunch of people. It's sometimes nice when you're reading a book, you're, you're not, it doesn't feel like yeah. someone's talking at you or whatever. No, I agree. So the next one here is reading can help you sleep. I don't know about this one. If, oh, if I, I buy it. Yeah. I, I, well, even during the middle of the day, if I'm reading a book, I sometimes fall, like I can't stay awake. Like I get, I just get tired reading books. Like I can fall asleep. No problem. I cannot. I cannot. And I know people, I know a lot of people that do fall asleep reading. I cannot. But I don't know. Uh, reading some university textbooks, those can put you to sleep. So maybe that's a bad thing. Well, like. I, I, I can only do it with um, paper books. Like I can't do it electronically. Like I find the lights, um, I guess that light flicker or whatever causes, doesn't do the same. Yeah, they're saying that blue light yeah, is yeah. something that triggers some sort of hormone in your in your body keeps that keeps you, you awake. awake. Yeah. The next one here is reading can make you more, actually this last one on the list, reading can make you more empath- empathetic. And I, I think if you're reading a uh, particularly a fiction story, you might connect with a character or somebody in distress and, and it just, you know, it just alters your emotions, right? So it, it I think reading a, a fiction story, it kind of takes away, it, maybe it's all about you and it, you know, you know you're, you're, you actually raise a concern for characters in the story, right? So it, I think- Well, it, like if, if you read a book from like the person, the, the bad guy's perspective or whatever, not saying they're doing the right thing in the book, but you might understand that, you know, they, they have their own reasons they their own and problems. stuff. They have their own problems. They have <laughs> yeah. like their own, own lives and stuff. You know, going back to your thing with the uh, reading, uh, the, the blue light and reading a, on a digital device. So I have a Kindle and a Kindle is a, it, it has a backlit screen. So it, it, it uses LED lighting and it uses what's called e-ink. And one thing, I, once I got it, I didn't realize, so I used to read on my phone. I didn't realize there was this constant flicker associated with like a computer screen or a phone screen. And it's happening at milliseconds. You know, the, your eye really can't recognize it. 
But when I started reading using an e-reader, so uh, another popular one in Canada is called the Kobo. You can buy them at Chapters. Um, the there's no flicker to this thing, and it is it is super easy in the eyes. And the way the screen lights up, it uses LED lighting. So LED again, it's not a flickering light, and you can read it at night. You don't need an, you don't need a light to read, and you and they're so thin. I'm going to go on about electronic devices here because that's what I do. Are they Apple? <laughs> no, no, this isn't actually. So, and they're so thin that you can literally hold it between your 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 finger and your thumb, and and, and it's not that holding a book is is work, but you get some big heavy. I, I like to read history books, so tem- they tend to be large and heavy books. So I, I just I'm a big fan of Kindle, but the the Kindle. So just say I I never I usually never leave home like take my Kindle with me somewhere, but I have a Kindle app on my phone. And so say I started reading a book on my Kindle at home and I go to work and I have a break and I want to maybe read another chapter, part of a chapter. Uh, my Kindle app on my phone will sync up with where I left off reading on my Kindle device. So I'm reading there. And then when I stop, I go back home, I pick up my Kindle. It'll sync back up to where I left off on my phone. So that, that whole syncing feature is, it, it, it's, it, it's remarkable. I, I, I'm. It, it makes it. It. It's one less obstacle to reading because your book's always with you. Yeah. So then, like, if you do have a couple minutes, like here or there, you could read a couple pages. It's not like, like, it's not like you always like, have to bring than, it with you. Yeah. Rather than pick up your phone and playing a game, you could pick re- pick it up and read. You know, a couple of paragraphs of a book. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like it's, and you know that's how a lot of people they want to read more. And they, they so here's I, I I'm gonna fit this in here somewhere. If you want to read more, you can't just say, I'm going to read more. You already have a full schedule. We all do. Your, your, your day is completely full. So if you want to read more, you actually have to take something out of your current life and plug in reading. That's the only way it's going to get done. So if you watch, just say you have 10 Netflix shows you, you watch, you're going to have to give up one or two of them. You know, the, the one or two you like the least or get the le- least amount of enjoyment out of. And replace that time with reading. Or like, what about the other thing? If like, if you pick a time, like you say, uh, like I want to go to bed an hour earlier, so I have an hour to read. Um, like if you set certain times aside, like, like I guess it's the same thing as like you got in order to go to bed an hour early. You're going to have to stop doing whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, right? yeah. But the important thing, if you want to read more, you have to change some a habit or a behavior in your life to fit it in. Cause you're not just going to shoehorn it into an already busy life. And, for me, so I love the consumption of audio. And what happens is I'll start slowly listening to more and more podcasts. You know, my, my, my playlist on my podcast will grow and grow and grow. And before I know it, I'm, I'm completely consumed by co- podcast consumption. And reading's been squeezed out of my life. And so I, I need to stand back and reevaluate. My, my goal was to read one book a month. And here it is two months and I haven't finished that book what's gone wrong and and something's creeping back into my life right that that's that's getting in the way of that so uh, for me it's not netflix or or uh tv it's 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 all the consumption of audio is what's getting in my way which which i wouldn't say is a bad thing i mean no but if you want to read more i i think reading you when i read i tend to retain that information at a level that i retain nothing like if i read a book I can re- re- vividly recall that book three years later. But if I watch a movie, I'm struggling to remember who was in it. And I think it's all about like the level of 
um, attentiveness you have to be because like if you're reading then like you're, it's all you can do you can't do like, it passively yeah yeah whereas like yeah you can do you, you can you can be making dinner you can be going Checking for a your run phone or whatever anything if you're listening yeah. to audio so or watching tv yeah, yeah. i mean you can passively do those things but reading you have to the only way to do it is active yeah. reading right so and you i tend to just retain that at, at a whole other level and the other thing with reading is people are often looking for these you know, two and three or four hour windows of time that they can sit down and read. Those don't exist. You, 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 that's a pipe dream. Reading, the, the, you're going to get most of your reading done in, in 15 or 20 minute increments. That's how I get most of my reading done. And you'd be surprised. 15 or 20 minutes over the course of a month, you'll blow through a book before you know it. Yeah. And something, you know, a lot of people are probably wondering, they're thinking, well, you know, I'm going to keep forgetting, like you can't get through a whole chapter or whatever, but in those 15 minutes, but it, like, you know, just like audio, you might stop listening to something audio. You just flip back a couple of minutes. It's the same thing. You maybe go back one page, you skim through it. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Exactly. You keep going forward. Yeah. And, and if anything, I guess it's people not wanting, cause it's so much effort to read, not wanting to go back. Like, so then you're like, I need to get through this entire chapter, which may take four hours. And, and so then if you know, you don't have the four hour window time, you just won't even start it. Yeah. But yeah. you're right, Mike. The- I do, I do want to empathize with, with maybe anyone who, cause I am like that. If, if I know I only have, 10 15 minutes sometimes i i, I won't even pick it I, just because it's sometimes hard to get into that and then as soon as you get into that you have to then leave but that space but that's practice so i know what you're saying you when you start reading it, it it's hard like the, the, it doesn't you know register it's, it's not it took a lot of effort to get started to get started yeah but the more often you go and start reading the the if you will the warm-up time to, to for the words to start absorbing gets more you get more and more efficient at that and that's and that's more that's very i guess productive for every aspect of your life i mean if you're going to school if if you're working i mean when you have maybe 10 to 15 minutes here or there to complete a a specific task and you're like this then you'll just do it if you know a task will take 10 or 15 minutes you're going to jump in and do it and you know the other thing even on like a weekend like if you're looking to get started i'm just just thinking about this is that it's if you said okay i'm only going to read for 15 minutes like say you got the whole weekend is is that's a lot easier to say, okay, I could find 15 minutes, you know? And then like, if you end up getting into it, then you're going to read maybe for a couple hours. That's fine. But like, it's really hard to say, okay, do I feel like reading for two hours on like on a Saturday? Like, sometimes like you might, oh, I'm not, I'm a little tired or like, it's like too nice it, of a day. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll yeah. find some excuse not to read or sometimes it's nice to just like, like if you say, okay, I'll just read for 15 minutes and it might, you might end up read for an hour because like, if it turns it, into an yeah, hour, all the better. Yeah. You got just into the book. And so like, I think you can almost do both ways. Like it's good to aim for a small period of time when reading. And then if it turns into bigger, I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So you're going in should always be small windows of time. Yeah. What advice do you have for, because I'm just, this question just popped in my head. What advice do you guys have for maybe people who believe that reading is not for them? Did you think they haven't found the right book? Do you? I, I think maybe like, like, cause I think there's certain fiction books, but. But you know, I, I, I think you need to, every book's going to have a point where the author say it's a, it's a nonfiction book. So a self-improvement book. Every book's going to have a point where the author's, you know, really trying to hammer a point home and he's getting a little repetitive. And that's just books. You, you just have to push through that. And, and I guarantee you that there's going to be peaks and valleys in every book you read. Like some authors will do, you know, in a fiction book, they'll develop characters to no end. Like, you know, are we, are we done introducing characters? This is the 10th new person in this story. Can we get on with the story? But you got to push through it. I, th- I think 
when do you know to quit on a book? Like, I, I guess that's a good question. That's a good one. Like, when you give up. Because sometimes you, you can say, okay, I'll push through the first chapter because they usually introduce characters. But then do you push through the second if you're really struggling? Like, So I work with somebody, and this is with fiction books. She reads the last chapter first. Does, does that by, ruin the book? But she's never given up on a book since she started that. When you read the hmm. last chapter first, you have to know how did this happen. Uh, that's true. That's true. Okay, okay. And the last chapter is always the wow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to know how they got there. So if you find yourself giving up on books, try reading the last chapter first and see what you think. That's true. Good, good tip. I like that. I know with nonfiction books, one of the struggles is, you know, the authors will go to, to great lengths to prove their point. And whether you believe in what they're telling or whether you don't you have to that that's for me in, in self-improvement books the, the biggest part there's a book i read it's called why we get fat and it was a, a great a fabulous book but the book the author wrote before that and we'll put a link in the show notes it was it was called good calories bad calories and it was about 700 pages long and everyone that read it said i want to recommend this book to a friend but my, I know my friend will never read 700 pages of you and your science trying to prove what good calories like are and bad calories. Note version. <laughs> well, no. So he wrote. So this, he wrote not a sequel to the book, but an abbreviated version called "Why Pe- Why We Get Fat." So good calories, bad calories was the book and the research and the proof. And people that read that loved it, and they they knew there's people that would really benefit from it, but would never read it. So there was enough people that convinced the author. Can you condense this and make it more concise? Forget the proof. These people don't need it. Just give them the facts. And so I read Why We Get Fat. And it was, I'm going to say, around 300 pages. And it was just a, a huge eye-opener. And if more authors would do that, you know, if, if they could write two books, one for the people that need the proof, because there's people that do. They need, you know, I, I don't believe you. Prove it to me, right? And there's other people that they just want to know. They don't need the proof. So I think a lot of times when I see an 800-page nonfiction book on a topic I'm interested in, I'm sorry, but nine times out of 10, I'm not reading that book. So um, I want to jump onto another article. It is by, it's from from a website called Read, Write, Work, and the kind of the author of this website has wrote this article. And it's on seven reasons why reading is important for adults. So it's kind of another list. It's, It's a really good list of, reasons why reading is beneficial so the first one here is vocabulary expansion and this one i'm gonna say i don't get this benefit much other than i work with some people who love to use ten dollar words right to impress you and i i guess maybe i'm not familiar with some of these you know highfalutin words people throw out and by reading i i do get the meaning of some of them but what really uh reading does is it really improves your spelling because the more often you see a word, the better your chances of spelling it. Now, in today's age, you know, how important is spelling? But I've received a lot of emails, a lot of text messages that, you know, I'm struggling to understand because the spelling is... And it gets so frustrating sometimes. I'm trying to type something out and I keep misspelling words because I can't remember. So then I end up with like a couple sentences of red and it just looks so ugly and I got to go back and check it all and change it all. Like, that's annoying. Or the point, or the point where your your Google your word processor doesn't even know what word you're trying to spell because it's spelled so wrong. <laughs> Neighborhood. <laughs> That's your word. Are you kidding me? 
we, that's the most necessary gets me every compliment. time. I, I there's too many S's and C's and which way do they go and okay. receive. I can't still receive. So everyone's got their the, word. So neighborhood is mine. And but uh, so when you're typing something in a word processor, and just say you're typing it and you know something's underlined red. You know you spell it wrong. You keep going, but your eye keeps drifting back to that. Right? You. Uh, you it know, bothers you think, me. I'll spell so then you stop end, you know and you have to get it's, out of your mind. It bothers me. And then, then you got to think about it again. So look, if I could spell better, man, I could write so much quicker. It'd be so much better. You're efficient. Yeah, yeah, no. But nobody can just leave that alone, right? It's just, it's bugging me. No. And then in email, uh, it's even worse. Cause I'm, I'm afraid I can hit send anyway, right? So I, I always end up breaking my train of thought, fixing the spelling, moving on. So if if reading helped me improve my spelling, I, I had no clue more that was a thing until you guys writing. just said it. But now that I know that, like it's just another oh, really? reason I want to get more into reading because I've I've always wanted to improve my spelling. Um, the the other things under this uh, this category is become a more eloquent speaker, gain confidence speaking with others, and uh, gain better even better comprehension about a variety of topics that come in up in formal and everyday conversations. You know, if you're well read and you read a lot of books, I think it's on a subconscious level it gives you confidence that that maybe you possess. You have an uh, an a knowledge edge, you know, just random knowledge edge over people. Like I'm not talking about specific on a topic, but if you are constantly reading, I like your chances of knowing random information over a room full of people. But like I, I think with that, like because I know we've talked a lot about fiction, is I think it, like the key is reading like current events, like reading newspapers and and stuff like that to keep up. Like so, I have a theory about newspapers. I, I honestly don't think you're gonna get a lot smarter or educated reading newspapers but to, to, to mike's point i think you I, th- I think when when people are talking about current events you are you're right there and you can contribute confidently and and contribute so something do you to really the conversation want to get in and participate in a in a conversation about donald trump because he's the one making the news right i but okay so get, do you really want to have the upper hand in that conversation what's the chances you're going to walk into a room and someone's reading the same book you are there's maybe one person like, like well we talk about newspapers no no, no but, but i think with newspapers i don't think you're you're expanding your you might be expanding your vocabulary improving your spelling but i don't think you're you're increasing your knowledge base i i, I think okay, i think move away from politics i mean if we're talking about the economy if we're talking about new laws if we're talking about something that's happening within your city i mean a lot happens even here in ottawa and it's it's good to be up and current on it it's it's good i i, I tend to scan the news i don't tend to dive in and read it but yeah like i think if you're aware of what's going on because like that, that, that's what i think people are going to talk about like just being aware of what's going yeah, on yeah so like, i i think if you if, if i read enough news to just be aware of current events but yeah. i do not like i know people that read articles you know they'll read one article on the economy, you know, something like, um, I, I don't know. Okay, th- there was a shooting in Florida. They'll read every article they can find on that topic. And I, I don't see the value in that. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a way to become very knowledgeable about something that's maybe a current event. And I just don't like the way newspapers are, like the way it's written. It, it, it tends to be sensationalized. Yeah, and, and and there are and there are some publications that are more left wing and some that are more right wing. So you do get the bias that you all the time. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, let's move down this list. So number two here in seven reasons why reading is important for adults is possible Alzheimer's prevention. And this is, I mean, so you want to? This is so. Uh, so I don't have anybody in my family who, who's suffering from this disease, but 
I know people that do. And I don't know if reading helps prevent it or not, but I never want to be that burden on my family. And I think that that is probably my biggest fear is is losing my mind, right? Like that. And if reading is going to help, you you want to know what really, when you're reading something and like say, say Lord of the Rings or Sherlock Holmes, so something written written in a language from a hundred years ago where, where people just spoke differently. You know what I mean? Like the, like there's a word. So here's an example. You read Sherlock Holmes. They talk about a hansom. A hansom is a two wheel carriage pulled by a horse. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of terminology in there that, you, that it's not everyday words, like a gas lamp. You know, that's those are the street lights of way back then. So those books, when you read them, it it really it, it, you you it's almost exhausting to read them because everything is you know you're trying to understand it, understand it. And when when I do that, when I when I'm reading and it, I have to push through, I truly believe I'm creating new neuron paths in my brain. That that I I think that when I feel that that extra required effort, I think I'm helping. It's like a workout for your mind. Yes, I think I'm helping this possibly this yeah, cause. Yeah, yeah. I have no I have no proof. But when I'm reading something and it's just flowing, like you know, and I, and I'm just blowing through a book like effortlessly, I don't think I'm I'm helping this aspect. Like I'm not getting this benefit. Only if reading is diff- is a challenge, am I getting this benefit? But like, I think it's it's that thing where when you first start reading, like if, if you start reading sh- like you know Shakespeare, like whatever that's you a good said example. Before, yeah. You start reading that every like all the time. Before you know it, it's gonna effortless. be yeah, effortless. So I think it's like, and when you first start reading, it, it's hard to do at first, yeah. and then it becomes effortless. And- but, but when reading becomes hard, I think you're getting benefits that you don't even know. Well, it's even reading some nonfiction books with kind of maybe more medical terms, and terminology. Yeah, yeah. It kind of makes you kind of. Well, even think like reference books. Like when you first start reading that, there's a lot of terms, and like I know you're you're ref, you're going back and forth and like checking the glossary, like you're looking at the intro, trying to connect everything, and that can be a, even a lot of effort. And then once you get used to that book and you get the layout, it's quite easy to look at those reference books. Even like, so, but you're not. Once it gets easy, you're not getting this benefit anymore. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. but when you feel that, rather than give up, just know that you're getting a benefit. Like when it when it's hard, just know it's like you said, it's working. It's a out. mental workout. It's yeah, a mental yeah. workout. You're, there's there's a benefit there, so it's it's worth pursuing and being persistent. So the next one here is memory improvement, and this article talks about how reading um, is maintaining a stable learning capacity and sharp memory that can keep your brain at at an, at an optimal performance level as you age. You know. So one of the books I read was um, the Game of Thrones series. And I read, I, I think I read two of the books and, and I, I, I never got back into it. I, I'm not really a fantasy science fiction type of, I don't, I don't enjoy that as much. But the, the, one of the characters in there, the, um, uh, he said uh, he was a sort of a, a weak sort of character. He wasn't really a brawn, uh, strong. And one of the things he said in there, he said, uh, a guy asked him, he was reading a book, he says, why do you read so much? He says, look at me. I'm weak and small. Um, the only weapon I have is my mind, so I have to keep it sharp like a sword. You know, that's that was his. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's interesting. I, I always think about that, and I think, yeah, yeah. That, you know, and that's his upper edge. Yeah, that's yeah. that's his edge. So know that reading is going to keep you, you know, your mind just sharp. That's true. And that's I, interesting. The people I know, the older people, I'll say, in uh, I knew a a lady. I guess she she lived to be in her late eighties. And she could tell a story 
in such detail. Like I, you swear you were there, but you know, it happened so long ago. I knew I wasn't, but the way she's describing it so vividly and she was an avid reader. And I got to think that her ability to, to describe a scene comes from all the reading she did. So I feel like part of it is, is it, it helps your focus. I think like I notice when I either I'm just starting to read or like I'm getting my mind's wearing near the end of reading a book is like I, I, I struggle to focus like my mind. I'll be reading lines and all of a sudden I'm like, what would I just read? And I feel like you, you learn to focus better. So then that way, like even in life, when you're, you're doing stuff, you focus more and you, you realize more of what you, what's happening. You, you retain more of it. Like, so you become more efficient at, at you know bringing your focus in yeah 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 so so then like whatever you are doing yeah you're focused on that and you can retain where it might take the average person three or four minutes to become focused you can become focused in like a minute right away yeah yeah absolutely yeah i like that that that, that's actually very true so the next one here on this list is possible depression relief so this article says an estimated 350 million people globally suffer from depression but that reading can keep your mind busy and give you a chance to relax and escape from the day-to-day situations that may burden our lives. Well, you know, so one of the thing, one of the books I go back to, and, and I, I've reread these a few times, is the books by The Minimalists. And if you are sort of in a depressed state, you know, things aren't going well, their books can be so uplifting. And they're so uplifting in that it just reminds you that, um, you know, their whole message is, you know, get things out of your life that don't add value. So rather than reading a book about a hobby that requires all these things that you would need to buy to pursue it, like just say you wanted to build a canoe. If you, so if you read that book on it, you'd, it would just remind you that you don't have the money to buy all these things. But these, the books by the minimalists are, they're so inspirational and you, you literally, it's free to do the stuff they talk about. So um, self-improvement books can be super inspirational. So if you are depressed to read a book or even a fiction book, I mean, there's a lot of stories that, that can, can raise your spirits, but I want to go back to your thing on hobbies. Cause I agree with you that I think if you, if you find a, if you're trying to get into a hobby, that can be a very tough one. But like, I think if, if like, say there's a hobby you, you've kind of left aside and then maybe if you have a book about that hobby and you, like that you're already in, you have the stuff for it, you start reading about it. It kind of refreshes why you were interested. It might get you going into it again. Get you restarted. So, but I agree hundred percent. If it's one you're starting to get into and you, you don't have the stuff that can be a, a, a bad road to go yeah, down. No, that's a good so, point. So yeah. And it can make you excited because it's something that you're passionate about and yeah, excited yeah. about. So, and maybe that was something that was out of your life that you were depressed about or something. True, yeah. But I agree as well with the, the other stuff you're saying. Yeah. Like I think, I think, uh, uh, motivational ones like the minimalist every time i listen to the minimalist oh i know i've heard their story three or four times i'm inspired by it every time it is such a good story i listen to their podcast every single week and they have a, a magical way of saying the same thing from a you know, different perspective or a different angle or a different set of words and i continue to be inspired by them and how uh, it, it's remarkable how simple their message is but you I continually need to be reminded about it. And it is, I just love it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, I got to go home and minimalize. Yeah, I, I, I got to get rid of something. I like. know, I know. So the next one here is uh, better focus. And this is kind of like what we, we talked about already, memory improvement. And I, I, I think it just, you just become more efficient at, at 
focusing on things I, I do anyway do you find like uh because i know you have the challenge going of a, a, a book a month do you find that helps you with uh at work like you find you're able to oh yes. to yeah. it helps you think quicker at work yeah i think my mind is it just sharpens you, do you reading it just keeps your mind sharp the second last one in this list is relaxation and so if you think about reading in order to actually consume a book you need to be in a relaxed state. You can't be uptight and read a book. It's impossible. Like, have you, true. Can, can you ever well, remember? Usually, usually that's when your mind starts wandering. Like, like you'll, you'll be reading through it and you're, you, you realize you're just skimming it because you're thinking about yeah. whatever is on your mind. Yeah. So yeah, I, like you really have to let go. And I like you literally, focus. you can't read and be wound up tight. It's impossible. But wait, 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 wait. So then, how do people like because again like it's some if you're thinking about all that stuff it really seems like a chore to try to switch how to like how does someone switch like you, you got to push through i mean if you have to reread that chapter six times you, to you get keep rereading keep and going. i guess eventually yeah you'll, you'll start like the, the words catch like and then before you know it, your your mind's starting to remember yeah. the story i guess yes yeah, yeah. so and yeah. then before you know it you're consumed by it so yeah, yeah okay and last one this list again and this touches in the, in, from the last article is empathy so this article just says, like, following along with the plot of your favorite novel and becoming in, enraptured in the experiences, lessons, and struggles of its characters taps into part of your humanity and can allow you to be more empathetic towards others in life, which is what we talked well, about. I think in life, you can get caught up about all the horrible things that are happening to me, you know, in my predicament and my misfortune and all the horrible things that happen to me. You read an, a fiction story and generally there's something bad happening to somebody else, right? And it kind of gives you perspective. It does. It does. And maybe, you know, it... I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's maybe an underrated value of reading. And you start rooting for another character, right? Like yeah. someone else. You you're want them to somebody other than yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it just helps you to like, if anything, then you're going to go into re real life. You're going to start cheering for other people in your life saying, I want you to do well. I, I like I like you. And yeah. Stuff. And yeah. So I, I, I think the, so we kind of did talk about this, but I mean, if, if, if someone hasn't been a reader, someone's not a reader. I mean, the, we we have a great article by Leo Vado, but it, it's. I mean, how do you, how do you how do you guys? We kind of talked about it, but how do you get into it? Well, it starts with book selection, right? You need. So here's one thing I do. I listen to a, a podcast called "What Should I Read Next," and they have yet to. It's a great podcast, but they've yet to recommend a book that I would read next. But what that podcast does is when you hear these people talk so passionately about reading, I'm just inspired to go read. And not because they've suggested a book I should go read. I, I'm, I can't believe, I've been listening to that podcast for over a year, and they've yet to recommend a book that I said, you know what, I might like that. But I'm so motivated by their passion for reading that, that it just normalizes that, that, uh, you know, that I'm strange for not, not wanting to read. But back to the education. So if you're studying engineering, Somebody has gone through and curated and said, these are the books you need to read to become knowledgeable on this subject. And I, I think it's really finding a resource to help recommend books that are going to help you or resonate with you. And the best place that I have found is it's called Goodreads. And they have lists and recommendations and reviews by people that are unbiased you know, I'm always questioning the Amazon reviews, and here's why. If you go to Amazon and you go and look in our book, and Amazon reviewed it. Well, if somebody's dropped, you know, twenty four ninety nine on a book, 
I, I, I'm sorry, but I think they're going to want to convince themselves that it was a wise decision That's most true. of the time. Now, the people on Goodreads, maybe they got it from the library. Maybe they bought it from a friend. So, the, so the Goodreads has no monetary, like... like They don't sell not, books. Yeah, they're not gaining anything yeah. From, from... Yeah, yeah. And then Amazon has this thing, when you look at the reviews, it's, it's an Amazon verified customer. You know, those are the ones... I don't know why they do that because those are the ones I trust the least. Yeah, yeah. But on Goodreads, I, I feel, I understand that Goodreads is owned by Amazon. I, I've learned that. But I, they don't sell books on Goodreads. Yeah. And I, I think you get honest reviews. And what I do when I'm looking for reviews is I go to the one-star reviews and I lo- look at the person and say, can I live with that flaw in that book? Because the the positive the five stars are useless. Yeah, yeah. they're they're all good things. They're and, yeah, yeah. And, and even the four stars are useless. The three stars they're just fence sitters. They give everything three stars. But I go to the one stars and say, can I live with that? You know, is that going to bother me about that book? And I think the the, the one stars are the most honest. They like, are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're the most critical people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they might always if you look if I've never done this, but if you could trace back that reviewer and all their books they reviewed. You probably can. I should look at that. They probably hate everything they've read. Yeah, but yeah. they're critical people, and that's what I want. I want. I want to know about this book from a critical eye, and I, I can decide whether that's a problem for me. So that's one way. Another one is Reddit, and I go on about Reddit all the time. It's a it's a user form, and it's on a multitude of topics. They have one on books, and what you can do is you if you type something into Reddit, a question under the book um, subreddit, it's called. People are just getting in line to answer your question. I mean, that community, I've never seen a place where people want to read, you know, want to help people so much. So if you say, I'm looking for a book on, you will get suggestions that you can't read them all. It's because it's when I think it's something you can get passionate about really easily, you get passionate about certain authors, certain genres certain i mean you, you you can really fall into but a story that, if you go into personal finance so that's a subreddit or even personal finance canada which is a subreddit that i read a lot and you say does anybody know of a good book on um you know budgeting and i you'll just it'll you'll have a list you won't even know what to do with and then you can take that list go to goodreads type that titles in and see what people think of it so you need to curate your own list of books, but you need a, a reliable source. Another one is the library. Librarians know more about books, and they also know the books that, that circulate the most, meaning they've been checked out more. And if you ask them, you know, you specifically have to ask your librarian, is this a popular book here at your library? And they, they'll tell you, honestly, because they're not selling books, right? And they'll tell you, oh, yeah, this one's checked out all the time. One, I, one book I got, it was called The Four Agreements. And it's a fabulous book. It's really short. I recommend everybody in the world read this book once. I asked a librarian about this, and she says this book is checked out probably three, three or four times uh, a month. You know, it's one of the very popular book in their self-improvement section. And they're great. I want to say something about a library. A library, you generally get a book where my library is for three weeks. And for, for me, I, I'm not the fastest reader. Three weeks is never long enough. But I go to the library to test drive books. And if I, if I get through a couple of chapters, I'll buy it for my is, Kindle. Is that for, oh, for your Kindle. But is, is, so is that for all books or is that for uh, well, because like I'm fiction not, or Because I'm not a fast reader, I, I don't want that 
deadline breathing down my neck. I have yeah. to get this read in three weeks. Now, sometimes you can renew the book, and I've done that where I, I but I mean, it, and the other times, so, so just say I, I, I do get the book from the library, I read it, and, and I do finish it in time. I, maybe I renewed it a couple times. And if it's a nonfiction book, if I say, oh, you know, there's something in the book I wanted to refer back to, I will not get it again. If, if, I, if I have the need to refer back to the book at least one more time, it's on my bookshelf. Okay. I'm buying it. So then, so libraries new. What what are your thoughts on used books? Then, do you think it's? I mean, just like when you buy, maybe because you, when you go to pick up a used book, you don't really know what you're there, but you may stumble across something. So, do you think that's kind of something that's economical? If you kind of pick up a book and and, and guess and see if you're gonna like it. Almost the idea, like you buy a used book, you read it, and then you kind of like redonate it in a way like like he you, yeah you oh it's almost like a rental fee in a way here's the problem with used books for me and you guys tell me if you would fall into this trap if i see a used book and because it's only 75 cents i'll buy it because i i'm a, a fan of a deal right yeah so if i find a deal so I'm, I'm afraid with used books and i've done this is i'll buy it just because i might i might read it but most importantly I got a really good deal on it. So then I guess you almost have to walk in saying like being critical of it like you would in, in a, well, a, a non-used book. If you think about your most important resource is time. Not, so when it comes to books, books are not, you know, given the, the value a book can deliver, the cost is pretty insignificant, even at twenty four ninety nine. But so why would you, and the, the time it takes to read a book is like a like great deal of time. So why would you, Read a book just because it was a great price. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's my whole thing. It's like if if you're gonna go if if you're gonna buy the book new and you went into a new bookstore, you're gonna spend the time to make sure you pick out the right book. So why like why not do the same thing with a used book? Like every like like you know like you can act almost like like I know they're gonna look used, but like it can be the same idea. You go into there and you spend the time picking up that like you know you're gonna put the same time either way. But when like, you're buying a new book. Every book is an option, but in a used bookstore, it's only a limited number of titles, right? So you know you're you're already making a concession on a used book because you know they're not all here. And I have a thing about used books. I wonder if only the ones people didn't get value out of, they they've you know the ones they got value of are on their bookshelf. The ones they didn't, they no, actually no. I'd, I'd have to agree with that because one person's trash is another person's treasure True. people can derive value from True. different things yeah i i just think my most important resource is my time that i'm going to spend reading the book the actual cost of the book is i'm going to say fairly insignificant compared to the time you're going to put into consuming that book so i don't mind dropping the money on a book that i think is going to deliver value all right, so I want to get into now 14 ways to cultivate a lifetime reading habit because I think, again, this is the kind of maybe some of the things that you maybe struggle with the most you maybe want to read. I mean, Trevor, we're doing this episode today because you've kind of lost that, that, that spark. spark. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and it, so it, it can be difficult. So uh, 14 things here. So number one is set time. So um, this article is from Leo Babato. It is from Life Half doc org and he says that you should have a set few set times during the day when you got to read for at least five to ten minutes so here's this really short time period coming up again yeah those small windows of time and you generally you know the best time for me i don't know about you guys is early like early in the morning 
I'm sharper in in reading late. Some people read before they go to bed. I struggle with that. I don't know about you guys, but it, I I find when my eyes get tired, reading is is becomes an extra challenging task. Well, I usually like if I'm gonna read before bed, I'm doing it for the sake of falling asleep. Like I, I guess that, that's a, I guess that's that's my putting me in a sleep yeah. technique. So I I fall asleep listening to audiobooks, and, and that's my thing. So I and I'm gonna get into audiobooks later, and and I'm a fan of those. So the next one here is always carry a book. And Trevor, this kind of goes back to carrying your Kindle with you everywhere. Well, not my Kindle, but my phone. So I have the Kindle app on my phone. So my book is always with me and it's always synced up to the most current spot. But my Kindles are so small that I do tend to carry that with me a lot of places. Um, if I'm on vacation, I throw my backpack everywhere I go because, you know, I'm on vacation. I could stop anywhere and read this book. So, um, I just, I think it's never been easier to carry a book with you. Now, one thing you- On a Kindle, it's even more. It can be like multiple books. Oh yeah, you can, yeah. 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 But here's one thing. So you're going to the beach and me and my wife, we do a lot of times, we set up an umbrella, a couple of launchers on the beach and spend the day down there. And say you want to go for a walk along the beach. Well, I don't mind leaving a book, a paperback book on my on my chair and just walking away, but I'm not going to leave my Kindle there. And I don't like the idea of having a phone around a bunch of beach sand. So it's the same thing with the Kindle. You, you yeah. Read, yeah. So that's where a paper book, a paperback book is, you, you can be kind of a, a little more careless with it. Oh yeah, definitely. The next one here is, and I really like this one, it's make a list. So keep a list of all the great books you want to read. And I think this is a really great motivation to kind of like get read books to get through your list and keep building yes and no so goodreads you can create an account on goodreads and you can have books you want to read books you've read and and books you um there's three things so oh yeah and books you're currently reading so goodreads gives you that list but it's just like that pile on the nightstand you get too big of a list and it gets daunting right you say i'll never get through these books there's a a it's the thing called in the reading world called tbr to be read and when your TBR list gets above 10, that's the magic number, it just becomes um, daunting, right? Like you just, it, it becomes intimidating. So I, I would caution people on making a list. Maybe always know the next book you're going to read. Yeah. At, you know, at a, at a minimum, know your next book, but don't, don't have a list of like the whole the books you're going to read this whole year. Because I think if... Uh, and I don't know this happens to me is, is you lose your steam like like well you're trying to pick your next book you spend time like oh should I read this and like you're wondering by the time you pick you're losing like you've lost your your edge on reading like you've lost that motivation and if you want to fall into the trap of giving up on books if you hit a tough part in a book that you're currently reading and the next book on your list looks really interesting give it you, a go. Might, you know you might give up on this book too soon do you know what I mean yeah. if, if your reading list is too extensive you think well my reading list is so long, I can't afford to waste time on this this book because I hit a, a slow spot in it. So I'm not a fan of making too big of a list. So the next one here is find a quiet place. So I'm kind of on the, the fence about this one because I know I personally like reading in a coffee shop or, or when I on campus or, or somewhere there's a little bit of a buzz and a hum. I find it. So this is kind of nerdy thing I do. And it works for 50-year-old men, but I don't think it works for young people. But I have earplugs I put in, and uh, it blocks out all the noise. They're kind of beige colors. So they, don't, they don't stand out that much. But another thing I've seen, I, I know I've seen people do, and I think this is what they're doing, is they, they have earbuds in, but they're reading. So I highly doubt they're listening to something. I think they just get the earbuds in to block out the sound. So that's kind of a, 
a socially acceptable way to block out noise. Well, you know, you get the earbuds that with the silicone tips, they really isolate noise quite well. So, so you read better in the quiet then? Oh yeah. But I think, you know, if I could develop a skill where I could read in a noisy environment, I, I, I'm envious of people that do it. And I see people do it all the time. And I'm, I admire the level of concentration, how they, they must be able to block out the outside world, not only in the reading, but for other reasons too. And I, I think that's a fabulous skill. I, I wish I could develop, but I, I've never been able to. But I think it depends what you're reading too. I mean, if I'm if I if it's a very technical textbook, I, I'm just thinking thinking back to when I was in school and trying to reading on campus between classes. And this is a very technical textbook. I definitely needed more quiet than Not than me. noise. No, nope. doesn't matter what it is. What about you, Mike? Uh, I think I'm good for background noise, anyways. I'm thinking like if it's a very flowing book and stuff, I'll be captivated, anyways. But if it's a reference book, uh, the background noise can kind of. Uh, I don't know, distract me from losing focus and stuff. And so I think either way, I'm, I'm okay with background noise. I know people that read and listen to music. They, they literally need music to read. Yeah. Cause, but I mean, at the same time, there's an extent to it. Like if, if you're in like, I don't know, if, like if you're at like a bus station, I, I can't, I can't read it with that. Or like even on a bus, like I, I think that's a little too noisy. Like sometimes like there's too much going on, too many distractions. But for some people that by, that could just be white noise to them, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, like I say, I'm envious of people that can do that. What I do get distracted by is, is a lot of movement. Like if, if people, if I'm at a place where like if people keep walk, passing by me in the corner of my eye, oh, yeah. I have a tendency to look up yeah. and see yeah. who, who is it or what's going on. I, I don't expect to recognize the person, yeah. but that can, and then you lose your train of thought and, and maybe, that can be distracting. And maybe that's what they mean by a quiet area, quiet traffic. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess it's really figuring out what distracts you. That's and, good and, point. And, and, and isolating. So like, so some people, if, if you can listen to noise, but you can't. Mo- motion like, is motion, a problem. Yeah. Then have your back against the, the flow of I people. I love that. Or, or whatever it is. So right? just yeah. understand what distracts you. Yeah. That's yeah. really the key. So next one here is reduced television and internet. And I think this is in the list of 14 ways to cultivate a lifetime reading habit because if you reduce something that generally takes up a large part of our time, you kind of do, you're, you got to spend your time doing something. Well, this goes back to my thing. You, you can't just shoehorn something extra into an already busy schedule. You got to pull something out. Whenever you want to, there's a th- an expression, if you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. Right? So if you want, to become an avid reader and you never have been, you're going to have to do something or change something in your life that you've never changed before. And, and maybe it's the consumption of, of television. So next one in the list here is reach your kid. And I mean, this if you don't have a kid, this could be the same thing as spending time with, with people, surround yourself by people who like to read or even go to the library, spend your time with people there. That's what I was going to say. Even if you say you don't read your kids, but if you take them to the library and make reading important, uh, it, it'll become important to you too, right? If you're in the library and your your kids are there looking at books, why not grab one yourself? I mean, it just, I think book clubs are great. The town I live in, they, they have a book club thing at our library, but they, 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 it must be designed for retired people because they meet in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. And I've never got that, but I, I look forward to joining that book club when I retire. So the next one here is keep a log. So Leo Babato said this is similar to keeping a reading list, but you kind of record there when you start and finish your books. Um, he also says you can put uh, notes next to your to th- your thoughts about the books too, so you can kind of look back and over the months and see how you enjoyed that book and what your thoughts were. Well, if you if you go to Goodreads, you know, so I see you you create an account, you keep track of the books you read, the books you're reading, the books you want to read. So the books you've read, you can write a review, and the, and so. 
by writing a review of the book, you, you could be writing the review to yourself. Like you're saying, make the notes. And it's also helping other people, right? So if you do it on something like Goodreads, you're helping the community either, you know, whether figure out whether it's going to be valuable to them or not. So why not keep your notes or your list on a, on a, in an environment where other people could benefit from it? So in, on my Kindle, there's a highlight feature. And I highlight um, stuff all the time in my Kindle. And you can go back and look at those highlights. But one thing those highlights do is you can see what other people have highlighted that have read that book. Yeah, okay. So by having the Kindle book, you can see what other people found interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting to see whether you found the same thing interesting. Which, yeah. So I do that. It's the equivalent of tabbing, but I do that. And I, things that just you know, resonate with me. It could be a fiction or a nonfiction book. Yeah. Yeah, truly. So if, 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 if you didn't, first time reading it through, you didn't find that interesting or, you know, uh, inspirational, but somebody else did, then maybe you missed something yeah, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, like, even I, like, when, when you're reading confusing texts, like when I, when I was in school, like, I prefer buying used books because there was highlighting notes on the side and, and underlining and it made me kind of pre-aware as I was reading that that I should find that important or and so kind of it really re, like rich and rich in your sense of understanding and yeah if you don't find it important you, you obviously you you didn't fully absorb or understand that section you read yeah no definitely um so the next one here is ghost used bookshops and and again this is in our 14 ways to cultivate a lifetime reading habit so I like this point because I think uh, it, it, when you when you visit a new town or when you visit it could be your thing, visiting kind of used bookshops. But don't you think that the, so here's my thing. Don't you think the used books are the, the discarded books, the books? No, because, okay, I, I have a book. I read it. Actually, you gave it to me uh, from a used bookstore, I'll add. <laughs> but uh, uh, you gave me a book. It, it was about um, oh, yeah. um, a, a, a Good Laid Plants, laid I think plans. it's called. Uh, Best Laid Plants. Thank you. And I absolutely loved the book. And uh, for me, I've read it. I'm happy. Uh, and I'm gonna donate it to a to use bookstore, and I'm thinking, okay, that's awesome. It, it's like I bought it used, so someone read it before me. They got enjoyment out of it. Okay, I, I, it's, I, it's kind of I, and then like so. I think I, I would hope that it, a there's a used book community out there that, where people are thinking the same thing. Where like, well, I got this used book. Let's let's keep like let's keep adding. And like like Courtney said, one person's junk is another person's treasure. It's like so a the, hidden like, gem too. Ways. You know, when when you go into a used bookstore and you come across this book, you're like, wow, like this. I, if if the, it, it's kind of those kind of the hipster community of books I mean like all you go to a brand new clothing store and you've got all of the, the latest trends and but you can go to a used bookstore and you find these hidden gems tucked away in the in corner bookshelves the diamond there's, there's two ways to look I at this they're either, these are the books that are actually in circulation or these are the books that got tossed aside and nobody liked so I but okay no I'm gonna throw that back because you go to even a used clothing store the clothing there would just maybe stop fitting someone or they stopped like not liking that shirt and you can still like it. I mean, after you've read a fiction book, you're pretty much done with it. So, well, I, you know, what? I, I'll say, I think reference books from used bookstores, that's kind of uh, more like you, you really got to be careful with it. But like I'm saying, so fiction books, I think used bookstores are great, but reference books, I'm a, I'm a little more iffy because they're usually old, they're out of date. Like true. But the, so the book I read, why we get fat I'm only reading that book once, and and then it's it's going to a used bookstore. But it's not because it wasn't bad. It's just you 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 read it once and gain all the information you need. 
but I, I guess like to your point, like I think it's like I guess if you go to like a thrift store, like I think I think you have to go there not expecting to find your book. Yeah, like yeah, you, like, you can't go there looking for like, a specific. It should book. be a thing. You walk in on like the, on every Thursday and, and you just walk around and see if something new st- sticks out or whatever. And yeah, no, I like that yeah, idea. Make, and it's a it's a pretty economical hobby when you're just kind of oh it is yeah. It's like if we're, we're going to talk about kind of productive hobbies, kind of better than hitting up the mall and yeah, shopping no, definitely, there. Definitely. So the next one here is have a library day. And, and this is what we talked about earlier about making it, making it an event, making it something to look forward and, to. Know, the library is really, I don't know about everybody's library, but any library I've been in, I really like the atmosphere of the library. I just like, it's generally a calm, quiet place. Um, everybody's there kind of for the same reason, right? It's I not the I chaos It's a of great a excuse to get out of your house as well. Like. It is, it is. But I do, I do want to say, I think that definitely differs for, based on where you're from. If you're, I mean, libraries can kind of get stigmatized sometimes being dingy and dark. And so I, and dusty. So I think, I think if maybe in certain parts have a better equipped library so my the town i'm in my library is is, is got it's, it's very bright and cheery and, and lots of windows and uh, everything's nice and bright and new so i just love being in that building it's just a great facility so for me uh, my recollection of going to a library is is very uplifting and and like mike says it's just in the winter it's a great way to get out of the house and, and something i like doing is is you can go there and you can pick books or look at books that you might have not otherwise seen. Like I, I went to the library a couple of weeks ago and I, I was walking down the aisles and I saw this like um, a couple of books that caught my eye and they were uh, about um, the history of Ottawa or whatever. And it was just a bunch of pictures. And I loved looking through it and seeing what Ottawa looked like, like back in the 50s yeah. and stuff. And I, I thought that's so cool. Like, like that, I'm not going to find that anywhere else. Those books You're aren't that somewhere store, else. Yeah. Like, so I thought like there's, there's an opportunity to see a lot of really cool things at, at a library. So, um, so the next one here is read fun and compelling books. Yeah, I, I, I think if you're reading fiction, it's generally for entertainment. And I, I think, so you can go hardcore, nonfiction, you know, self-improvement, reference. Uh, but I think you need to break it up with some fiction books just, just to keep your, uh, to stay motivated, right? You, you sometimes need to take a break from learning. Uh, the fourth last on this list of 14 ways to cultivate a lifetime reading habit is make it pleasurable. And I like this one because um, Leo Leo said here in his list, make your reading time your favorite time of the day. Have some good tea or coffee while you read or another kind of treat. Get, get into a comfortable chair with a good blanket. Read it during sunrise or sunset or at the beach. So so make it an activity you can look forward to. That's the to. only way it's going to it's gonna yeah. be like dominate over Netflix or something like yeah. that is, is yeah. you got to make it. Like you, you don't want to be trying to read a book while you're making supper, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You, you like have a comfortable reading chair, rocking chair that you look forward to yeah. sitting in and you get to read at it. I got to be horizontal to read. So for me, it's lying down. And the third last one here is blog it. So Leo says one of the best ways to form a habit is to put it on your blog. So Well, this is like Goodreads though, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's probably accountability as well. Because I, I have a, uh, on Goodreads, if you put it out there, um, Goodreads will... will periodically send you an email wanting you to update your progress on this book you know so it's almost a gentle reminder saying are you done kind of that that accountability partner yeah so the second last one in this list is set a high goal and i'm not sure i feel this one i want i want your take on this don't so like it. don't like it at so, all. so it's, it's essentially just it just kind of setting a goal for yourself so how many books you're going to read in say a year so i, I set a goal i was going to read one book a month i, I don't know if you does it sound like a high goal I, I am a slow reader, so yes, that, that I, I think like 
one book every two months is I, yeah I, is, okay. is a, I would say would be my goal I, I think that's reasonable one one book every couple of months so six books a year but like at the same time is it something you want to put like a deadline on because like 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 your whole everything else in your life right you got deadlines too like do you, do you like do you really want to feel like like that, that it, creating a stress in your mind that like oh I got to power through this next chapter because that's going to take some of the enjoyment out of the book but without the goal other things will start creeping into your life. That's true. Taking over the reading objective. There's no deadline. You say, oh, I can push that chapter till next you week. Know, I'll watch, I'll binge watch one more Netflix show and then the cre- this creep starts yeah, happening. Yeah, that's right? true. So yeah, if you give yourself a bit of a deadline, yeah, which I guess can be good. Like like we kind of talked, but they're short, is um library deadlines. Is like, is the three weeks. It's, it's, it's too, too short. short. Yeah, I don't know where they came up with but, that. Somewhere, I guess, people are reading, reading that, that quick. Yeah. I wish. So the last one on this list, uh, 14 Ways to Cultivate a Lifetime Reading Habit, is have a reading hour or reading day. So I like this point because Leo says here, um, have a time when your family members all read each night or, or a time. And I like this because I can remember... When growing up, I, this one time, me and my dad went to a, I went to our, our local park and we just sat in lawn chairs and just read and, and it kind of made a, a thing out of it. Well, I know when I see my wife sitting down and read, it motivates me to read. So when you see people reading, it motivates you to read as well. But I, I think, I, you know, so we, in last summer, we would go to the beach with our chairs and umbrella and read and we decide, you know, tomorrow we're going to do that. So I would actually be really excited about the next day, you know, that I was going to spend the day reading a, a book on the beach. So I, I think a reading day is, is sort of a, I, I like the idea. Do you that. ever find that like, if you're reading a, like, like other people are reading their own books, you're reading your book. Do you ever find that when you guys all stop reading, you, you talk about each other's books? Like, like, yeah. do yes, you find yeah. that? Like, I think that's yeah. kind of a neat thing. Like, yeah. Like, uh, it, it almost helps uh, promote like conversation, people talking and stuff and as well. So because this is a personal finance podcast, I want to kind of tie in, just kind of wrap this up the kind of the, the more, the cost effective ways and kind of how personal finance really comes into the reading arena. So, you know, I talk about a Kindle. So a Kindle, so obviously the most economical way to read is get books from your library without question. That is the number one. And that, that should be most people's resource for books. But if you love reading the bestsellers, you know, the, the ones that just come out, New York Times bestsellers, you know, the, the, the latest books, they're generally like, you can pay like in Canada $35 for a, a, a just released hardcover. But if you buy the Kindle version, it's, it's usually at, you know, I'll say half that price. So you, if, you, if you can adapt to reading on an e-reader, you can get them at a, at a greatly reduced price. One of the downsides is you can't really loan it out. So that's kind of a... A negative. The one thing I can't stand about the idea of buying books as a minimalist is I collect all these books. They know you have to deal with all these books on your bookshelf. And like, I, I, I don't like, I don't know. I don't like that. But you know, I, I love the looks of a, when I see, walk in a room and I see a bookshelf and it, I like, you know, you look at it and every book's, you know, different shape, a different size, the spine's a different color. I love just from an, uh, a room decorating standpoint, I love a, a wall full of books and how that looks. As long as as maybe all the books that are there are significant and do add value. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no sense holding on to books if you're not going to reread them. Like uh, the minimalists, um, they always say to minimize their books when you're done with it. I I want to add though, kind of an overarching 
kind of point about reading is that we talk all the time about how if you're looking for an economical sport that running is the perfect all you need is a pair of running shoes and and to, to, to be able to, to do that, that activity, that physical exercise. So if we're going to look at hobbies, I mean, not, not only is it exercising your mind, but it can be as economical as walking into a public establishment, a library and opening a book. Yeah. There, there's no cheaper hobby than reading. I, and I, I think that's really kind of the core of what makes reading just this good. Going hobby. back to your Kindle thing, Trevor, um, it, it, can it be, um, like, like, is the price of those books that you buy, like, say, those bestsellers, are they cheaper on the Kindle versus the hard copy? Yeah, it's, it's about half the price. Okay, so that's... So it's it, definitely... You're saving a bit as well. You, bit my, now, you, now, you have to lay out the money to buy the Kindle, which is around 100 bucks. That's, I, that's like, surprisingly cheap, though. Like, like you think yeah. of an iPad or, like, anything else, and like, an, a phone? This is not sponsored by Kindle, but the battery life on, a, on an e-reader, because it's, it's using e-ink as the technology to display the text... It's measured in weeks. So I, I charge my Kindle about once a month. So you, the chances of, if you try to read on a phone, the battery goes down in a hurry. But you, on a Kindle, you can literally read for weeks without having to charge it. And, you know, just on the, the Kindle, so I want to just talk about audiobooks for a minute. We haven't really got into that audiobooks. So if never one's ever listened to an audiobook, it's generally, it's, it's a narrator reading a story to you. And they would just use fiction books. They, the narrators are, are actors usually. And they, they use a different voice for every character in the story. So they, it's, it's really well done. But I want to... Uh, so Audible is the number one provider of uh, audiobooks on the internet. And they are owned by Amazon. So if you buy a Kindle book, you can buy the, what's called the matching audiobook. And so here's the magic of Kindle Audible. So let's just say you're at home eating breakfast and you're reading a book on your Kindle. And you reach, you know, the clock strikes 8 o'clock and you have to leave for work. So you get in your car and you get out your phone and you, put, you start your audiobook. And the audiobook will pick up from where you stop reading on your Kindle. And so you listen to your audiobook all the way to work. You get to work and say it's lunchtime and you want to you know, continue reading your book. So you get your phone out. So you're reading on your Kindle. Then you were listening on your phone. And then you, you get to work and you want to read more. So you open the Kindle app on your phone and it will sync up to where you stop listening to the audiobook. The reading book will sync up to that point. So let's just say you, you, know, you read a, a chapter on your lunch and then you go back to work. And then on your ride home, you want to listen to that book again. So it'll, the listening part will sync up to where you stopped reading. And you get home, and of course, you know where this goes. It's going to sync up on your Kindle. And it, it is literally flawless. Seamless entertainment. Yeah. That's amazing. That's like, um, uh, the thing I always like about audiobooks is, is like, it, I always feel like it's like I'm watching a movie, but then instead of the pe- like, like all the images being prepared for me, I get to picture it all myself. Like, like, and like, I find whenever I'm listening to an audiobook, I'll develop an image of the characters in my mind, and it'll stick right through. I'll, I'll develop an image of the town, and it'll be the exact same all the time. And I, I love how you create you, part of it. You're creating that, like that image. I, I agree, I, but I think reading that happens with reading as well, but at another level, yeah. right? And I just, I don't think the retention level is as great on audiobooks as it is reading a book. Yeah, and you can do it passively. Um, 
what I use audiobooks for, nonfiction ones, is if I read a book, I, I, sometimes if I'm really taken by the book, I will then listen to that same book from start to finish as just a, you know, another set of senses, seeing if I, if maybe I'm, there's something I missed while I was reading it, or it kind of re, maybe reinforces what I got from reading it. I'll listen to it just for that reinforcement. So audiobooks have a place and a benefit, but I, I think it's still no substitution for reading. So now that whole thing, like you said, you jump from one to the other. Do you ever find that um, the chapters that you listen to, you don't remember as well as the chapters you read? Like like if you listen to a chapter and then you're reading the next one, do you sometimes forget what happened in that chapter four? Like, oh, why is the person here now? Like, Yes, I often have to go back when, when I do that. But it's a way that, you know, I guess... The fact that you had to stop reading, but you didn't want to, it's a way to continue on. But I do quite often have to go back and reread chapters that I listened to. So I think uh, that really brings us to the end of this episode. Do you guys have any final kind of thoughts for, uh, for, for this I'm episode? I'm pumped though? to read. <laughs> I just want to well, go read a book. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, me too. I just want to say that if you want to make improvements in your life, you're going to have to change the inputs before you can change the outputs. And the, the best way, the best input for improving your life is, I think it means consuming. And that input, you know, if you read self-improvement books, books that are going to help alter your behavior, that is going to change your outputs and in, in how you interact with the world. And, and I, I just, reading has been, has had the biggest impact on me in, in helping move the relationships and just understanding the world. I don't have to agree with that. So on that note, that brings us to the end of our episode on reading for adults and why we should uh, pick up a book. So we uh, we hope this episode has inspired you to pick up a book because I know it has done the same for us. And uh, make sure com- make sure to leave us a comment too about kind of your resources that you use to uh, to cultivate kind of book lists or or how uh, your favorite places to go get books. I mean, everyone kind of has a preference of how they... Every, it's kind of something you get very particular about. So yeah, leave us a comment. You can do that at livelifesimple.ca. We have a contact submission form there. Um, or even send us an email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. Whatever you want. Just we, We'd love to hear from you and uh, your feedback on this episode. And uh, thanks so much for being here with us. We will see you right back here next week with another episode. Until then, keep it simple. <laughs>